Welcome to the I Am Ready podcast, where we talk with local rock stars about economic development. I'm Lisa Driscoll-Hoxby, the business development specialist for Ready, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Jay Sparks, the entrepreneurship coordinator here at Ready. Hello. Awesome. Today, our guest is really a cog in the wheel of Ready, and that is Matt Jenny. Matt is a long-term investor, a former board member, and most recently, a hub client. And so we're so excited to have you here today, Matt. Well, it is absolutely my pleasure to be here. Fantastic. Well, let's get to it. So what we want to know, and we're going to ask you a lot of things that we want to know, but most importantly, we want to know, how did you get into the business that you're in? Kind of tell us a little bit about your history um, of becoming a restaurateur here in Columbia. Right, origin story. It, yes. it's, it is much like a superhero's origin story. I was an orphan. Uh, <laughs> no, not, none of that. Um, you know, like most restaurant people, I uh, fell into the restaurant business uh, out of actually when I was in high school and in college. And the restaurant business is the type of business uh, that once you get it into your blood, sometimes it's hard to get it out. Um, I really was fortunate to uh, find some friends that shared a similar interest and wanted to start a restaurant. And so we banded together right out of college, had our opportunity to open a restaurant in the late 90s. Uh, After some fits and starts, um, we were able to uh, create what was now, what is now called Addison's. Uh, we opened that in 1999, uh, me and three partners, uh, two of which uh, we still are all partners. Our fourth partner, Brad, we bought out about 10 years ago. He wanted to go walk the earth uh, like uh, Kane from Kung Fu. And um, that's what he does, I think, for a living. We don't know. Uh, and so we were lucky enough to uh, have the right experiences, the right time, be in a position where we were young, we didn't have families, where we could take that kind of a risk. And we got a good reception from the community. And Addison's was successful enough to keep us in business to the point where we decided we should open another restaurant, (laughs) uh, which, you know, is uh, what's the definition of insanity? It's uh, doing something over and over, expecting a different result. So we did it over and over and uh, opened Sophia's in 2001. And, uh, you know, had plans to continue to open restaurants, but uh, I think, um, you know, learning how to run two restaurants is a little bit harder than learning how to one run, run one restaurant. And uh, then the, the downturn, economic downturn, kind of slowed things down. Um, I went and got my MBA, was looking uh, also to uh, do things more on the civic front, uh, helping out Columbia. Um, and, uh, but we did return back to the well of opening a restaurant and, uh, 2019 opened uh, Addison South, and um, the rest is history, as they say. <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I love everything about all of those things. <laughs> Plus the story. Right. Plus the story is right. Good. Well, one of the things that we really focus on with the I Am Ready podcast here and, and getting to know people is, you know, folks don't join and become vocal supporters and investors and board members and, and everything else without some passion. And, and economic development is not something that people are often passionate about or often cite as one of their passions in life. Um, why, Matt? Why, 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 is, why is economic development something that you go to bat for in, in your life and, and you know, stand next to Ready and with Ready in, in, that, in that pursuit? Well, I, I, I mean, I think there's are both altruistic and selfish reasons for that for me. You know, I believe that uh, a, a stronger community 
means a stronger economy. And a stronger economy means that more people are going to be out spending money. And if more people are out spending money, then a portion of that people are going to spend money in my restaurants. Uh, early on, my partners and I really uh, decided that one of the aspects of what we did was to be community oriented. Um, a lot of that early on kind of took the form of anytime somebody wanted a donation for uh, their charity, we were pretty no questions asked, would offer them a gift card. Um, when we do advertise, we tend to want to advertise uh, in a community-oriented way, so like the True Falls Film Festival is a big. We were the, we're, we are the first and only uh, business that's advertised with the True Falls Film Festival for the entire run of the festival. Um, and it's something we're really proud of. The concert series we like to you know those are the kind of the areas that we want to spend money to try and help those organizations and also you know have some kind of exposure that is community-oriented. Um, you know, the, the personal manifestation of that for me was the really started, well, where in the community do I think that I can uh, offer, you know, my opinion on something, as good or bad as my opinion is? So for me, that really was the airport. Um, I'd always had an interest in aviation. I wanted to be a pilot at one point, was going for my commercial pilot's license, and decided to open a restaurant instead made the good choice I think and um, but I, I got my pilot's license and around this time the mid 2000s 2008 2007 2008 uh, our airport was really really struggling and I felt like that was an area that I was interested in and wanted to see if there was any way I could help um, so I joined the airport board I uh, was lucky enough to be appointed to that and applied and, and uh, got a position there um, and just happened to be on the board when things started to change. I think it, the, the economics were ready for things to change. We had a mayor, uh, Mayor McDavid, who was very interested in uh, the airport becoming something more than just a commuter airline that went from uh, Columbia to St. Louis. I really started to pay more attention to Ready because I saw that the economic development potential for the airport was very much tied to Ready. And I had a theory that we would lose out on companies wanting to locate here if they couldn't get here, especially if they couldn't get here by air. You know, you think about the decision makers uh, at these companies, they want it to be as easy as possible. And so if that company is headquartered in Chicago and they got to go from Chicago to St. Louis and then get in a car and drive two hours to Columbia, maybe they're going to think twice about that, right? I, mean, I don't yeah. think that'll be their final decision but maybe that's something it's, that it's going to factor in yeah maybe that's the the straw that breaks the camel's back and they decide to go somewhere else um so then that was when mike brooks was uh the president ready and so um i reached out to him and started to see if we could create some kind of connection between ready and the airport and make those two entities communicate better together realizing that they had a lot of common stakes and uh, that was my entry point into uh, the ready organization. Something as simple as, boy, I almost was a commercial pilot. I want to get my pilot's license leads to economic development. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the dominoes start to fall and, and that's where you end up. And, and we end up with someone who's a huge champion for, for what it is we do. Absolutely. And also I love that um, 
So out of our investor group, we don't have a lot of hospitality, mm -hmm. but it's a very important part of the co economy. So we talk about um, um, vitality and a community that is vital has something for people to do when they're not working. Certainly jobs, super important. Good jobs with great benefits are really a big driver for what we do at Ready, but we would be remiss if we didn't look at the whole ecosystem. And so um, it is wonderful that um, we have other folks in the community that see that and believe in that and understand we need great schools, we need lots of great entertainment options. And so um, you do a really great job of also um, helping us kind of recruit some additional Ready followers and so talk to us a little bit about, you know, what that conversation looks like. Like, how do you just bring up economic development to the average citizen? Well, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky in that um, my job puts me in front of a lot of people in, in, a, in a very comfortable environment, right? They're there to enjoy themselves, to have a meal. Um, and, and where I'm, I'm pretty good is when I can go up to a table, talk to them for a couple minutes and move on. I, you know, that that's... They probably don't want me to talk to them for 45 minutes, and I definitely don't want to impose on them for that. So, you know, generally when I do have, I try and make it as organic as possible in the sense that I just will see them at the restaurant. For whatever reason, people know that I have a strong interest in the airport. Uh, so usually that's the entry point to uh, talking about economic development in our community. And I'm pretty sure my passion for it shows through uh, you know, because I, I think I speak pretty passionately about it. And, and, and it does come from a place, like I said at the beginning, in, if we have a strong economy, that is the fuel that drives a stronger community. Um, we're able to do so much more. And so it doesn't really kind of matter what whoever I'm talking to, what their personal interest is. I think you can connect that back to the economic development side of things fairly easily. One step, two steps. And when you do that, it clicks with people. They realize, well, yeah, that is, that really, yeah, that is, and again, it's, it's benefiting the community, but hopefully you're creating it in such a way that it's also benefiting yourself. You know, a strong economy definitely helps a restaurant. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Um, and so if, if we're bringing more people into the community from outside that are moving here, they're absolutely going to go to restaurants and, Certainly you think about just, again, selfishly, if the people from Swift Prepared Foods meets the chair of the Ready Board who happens to be a restaurant owner, I'm pretty sure they're going to go to that restaurant at some point, right? Now that's an individual situation, but it, it definitely uh, is vital to what I'm trying to accomplish. Why is it important for people in the community who've become prominent business owners to take an advantage or, or, or to, to, to move into, to, to put themselves in the position with organizations, whether it be Ready or other nonprofits or other things, why is it important for those two things to, to intersect um, for Columbia, for the community? Why is it important for prominent business owners to also find time and a busy schedule to be a part of, of organizations? I think there's a lot of answers to that question. I think, you know, um, being a member of the community, um, you have, not only do you have, uh, you gain something from it, but you also have responsibilities, right? And so when you are a prominent member of that community, 
you probably have more to offer, but also more to lose if that community starts to not go the direction that you want it to. Um, so it's a combination of things. It's, it's having a voice uh, at a table that um, really allows you to move the needle in a direction that you think is the right way. And you get enough voices together, and hopefully those are a diverse set of voices, and the needle is going to move in the direction that it, it should move in, that everybody's going to be maybe not 100% happy with, but satisfied with. Um, now, when you take, talk about Ready specifically, the, the opportunities at Ready, being involved with Ready, it, in my opinion, is the best organization to meet and interact with real individuals that have real stakes in this community um, and are able to make decisions that if you can communicate with them, that you can be a part of that decision-making process. There is no better organization, in, in my opinion, that brings together mayor, owners of many businesses, presidents of many businesses, bankers, the community at large, you know, the, the you know, startup community through Jay and and some of the nonprofits that that really are, are part of our our organization it's it's the nexus in my opinion of really really where you can really see and know what's going on in our community and help make those changes if if you think they need to be changed oh you say that to all the organizations <laughs> <laughs> i promise you i do not <laughs> i mean maybe you know you know united way <laughs> I just love that, and I too, being fairly new to Ready, um, am always impressed at every board meeting. There's just such an energy there, and it's not just during the board meetings, but it's outside of board meetings, and it's not just the board members, it's part of the investor community, it's the hub clients. Everybody is just so engaged and really wants to see things moving forward. Um, so I absolutely believe that we do have the cream of the crop as far as folks that are committed to our cause. Um, just out of curiosity, um, who who do you think, who are you? I, I'm a fangirl of lots of folks in this community, and if I am your fan, you know it, because I have a little fan club um, name tag that I put on before I see you every time. Who are you a big fan of? Who do you think does, um, takes their leadership role in this community beyond just their um, professional life, but really gives back and wants to see this community to be what the best it can be? Yeah, so a few people come to mind. Um, uh, uh, so I'll, I'll break it up into sectors. You know, I was, I've always been really impressed when somebody steps up uh, to run for office. You really have a lot going on there that, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing it as relatively a voluntary basis. Um, so the, the two people that, that stand out on, on, on that side of the, of the uh, equation, uh, Mayor Treese, uh, I, I was always a really big fan of Mayor Treese. I thought, you know, he really balanced very well the needs of the community, the needs of the business community, you know, and tried to make sure that um, all the boats were rowing, all the people in the boat were rowing in the same direction. And, in, and do it in a way that, you know, kept the, especially during the, during COVID, where there was a lot of difficult decisions to be made, a lot of hard uh, choices to be made. Really, if you think about, if you just talk about that time period, we, we got, our community got through it really, really well. You know, we, we were able to, the business community, I, I feel like 
you know, certainly there were things on the margin where people might complain about this, that, or the other thing, but for the most part, we were all trying to make sure that the community stayed safe, but we were able to keep the businesses open, the businesses that needed to stay open, keep people employed, that kind of thing. Um, so uh, Mayor Treese and then um, Matt Pitzer is also another person that, you know, stepped up and ran for the fifth ward um, and I thought did a really nice job uh, where, you know, I know Matt personally and, you know, he, he did that out of altruistic belief that he wanted to help his community. I think that's a really, really amazing thing. It's not everybody has the fortitude to do something like that. Um, on the business side, um, I really would uh, uh, shout out Brian Worley. Um, you know, uh, Brian has done something in our community that is under the radar a lot in a lot of ways right now, but he was able to take an idea and uh, turn that idea into a, a fairly successful business that has a footprint nationally. Um, he's done that over the last four or five years. He does it with a smile on his face, and he's a friendly and nice person. And if you need something from him, he's going to do what he can to help you out. Uh, so Brian is an, uh, somebody that I, I look to in our community. Uh, Lindsay Lopez is another person. Uh, you talk about somebody that's dynamic and does a lot for our community uh, in, in a nonprofit uh, type of uh, role. Uh, and certainly the food bank is close to... Uh, my heart because uh, I'm in the food industry as well and how important feeding people is and so uh, I think Lindsay Lopez is another person that I really look to and and the amazing thing she's done over there and and just how incredibly dynamic she is and uh, how nice of a person she is too you know everybody does these things with smiles on their faces and that's it's pretty amazing selfishly um, I would like to hear a little bit about your hub client journey um, here at Ready, and, and again, I feel like um, this month, I think we feature people who are, are working on the trifecta. We had an EGOT at the at the uh, Grammys <laughs> last night. We had a new the 18th EGOT winner, Viola Davis, for her audiobook. Um, and I feel like we work on we have some EGOTs here, mm -hmm. people who are, are, are hitting the trifecta around. You were, you know, as I came into the organization of Ready, you were intimidating to me in the sense that you know you were you were. Much like you mentioned about Brian Treese, you were you were the, the the chairperson, and and you know you stayed on for a second year during COVID because of all the tough decisions and the timing, and I had known you and your restaurant through through years of, of time being being in the, the the downtown bar scene, you know, and and when you approached me about joining the hub, it was a little intimidating <laughs> to me because it's not my traditional hub client, someone someone coming in off the street with a you know back of the cocktail napkin idea and. And so it, it was an interesting process for me to go through, and I would love to hear just a little bit about, you know, your, your you know, your take on the hub. And since you have, you were the other things first, you were, you were a board member and, and, and an investor first, moving that direction, what has that been like? Over, during COVID and a little bit after COVID, I'd been mulling an idea in my head of creating a, a new business, and, and that business, what it, what it does, what it's called is InstaSeed, and what it does is it allows customers uh, that have you know, busy lives, if they wanna go out on a, on a busy night at a restaurant, to be able to, instead of have to wait an hour, to be able to buy what we call priority seating. And what priority seating does is it allows you to be more timely in the way that you uh, get, to get to your table. 
So it was just an idea. And um, one of the things that um, I realized with ideas is they, they're not, they don't amount to anything unless you have infrastructure to help you out with it. Two areas of infrastructure that I really was lucky with. One was, again, I'm going to mention Brian Worley, but Brian Worley had just gone through this journey um, in, on his own over the last several years. And so he was very encouraging from a tech standpoint on the technology that I could uh, leverage to be able to make it happen. Um, but I also needed, um, a, a, a place to be able to uh, locate uh, to work so that I was, wasn't being distracted by my my day job of my restaurant. Um, and I also had other resources that I needed. You know, uh, Jay, I'm, I'm, I, you mentioned intimidation and, and I, I, hopefully I, but it, that went away quickly <laughs> because I don't feel like I'm an intimidating person. Although yeah. um, sometimes when I'm standing next to somebody shorter, I feel like, well, I'm pretty tall actually, <laughs> maybe I am. Um, but, you know, you being able to go to you as a, as a resource of somebody, A, that's been in the business, uh, being able to help me validate the idea and, you know, talk to uh, other people in the hub and, and have, as often as not, a, a random encounter is the thing that helps you solve the problem that you have, right? And so being able to be into, in that kind of a mixed environment where it could be a random, you know, somebody who's really into marketing and I have a marketing uh, problem that I'm trying to deal with. Um, those type of environments really, for me, really help me f not only focus uh, on the, the issues that I have to deal with in a very, very young startup company, uh, but that it also allow me to expand and, and explore the ideas that I have on a sounding board of people that don't have necessarily a, an interest or desire just to tell me, oh, that's a great idea because it's an employee or, you know, it's somebody that knows me real well, doesn't want to hurt my feelings. Uh, in those type of environments, they're, you know, just people that are also entrepreneurs and understand the journey. I think that's a huge, huge uh, advantage when you're trying to start up a business. 100%. The hub is such an important part of the of the the triangle that is ready, right? And and the idea that if we can create entrepreneurs in our community that build the next big company, that's just as good, if not better, than finding a company from outside our community to move here. I mean, all those things are important, but um, it is certainly as important on that triangle as uh, as the other two <laughs> parts of the triangle. Uh, you know, and and so I, I think. Being able to experience that has is really been a great uh, part of the journey for me. It's I, it's so nice that I have a place I can go where I can put my InstaSeed hat on that is 100% InstaSeed. Yeah. And just being able to have that um, location is is alone is worth it's worth the price of admission. Yes, which it is. Happens to be a really <laughs> a really attractive price, by it the is. way. It is. <laughs> So along that line, um, you've been an entrepreneur for quite some time, but a lot of folks that we have that come into the hub are young in their entrepreneurship journey. So they're just like, maybe they've worked for someone a long time or um, you know they've had other experiences and they're like, I really, really want to give this a try. If you were going to talk to someone who was early on in that journey and give them some sage advice, what would it be? I think my advice would be uh, be ready and be prepared to sacrifice. Uh, entrepreneurship journey is not a straight line. 
by any stretch of the imagination. There is always ups and downs, and it is a lot of times bigger ups and bigger downs than any of the biggest roller coaster you can think of. It takes a lot to get there. It's not, the, that is not, if you look at it down the road, you gotta go 10 miles that way and 10 miles the other way and back again 15 times, right? You have to have a passion for what you're doing and that passion has to supersede sometimes the comfortable life you wanna uh, be a part of. You have to sacrifice for that business. I love that. And I think I do think that's super valuable. And I think it's really valuable to explain that um, it consumes not just you, especially in the beginning, but everyone around you. Mm -hmm. And so they have to be really w willing to make those sacrifices as well and be willing to ride that journey. Yeah. And so um, the passion is certainly what drives you, but it will only take you so far. Enough that you still want to do it, so there has to be some right, some ignorance to this list. But also, you, it's it's your obligation to prepare yourself and others. Um, and I speak from that from a position of being in an entrepreneurship relationship where yes, it was. Um, we scary. were not prepared. <laughs> And no, so and you can't, I, think I don't you know that you go, ever are. No, but, but you yes. can't reel it back. And right. probably in a good way. I mean, probably if all the cards were laid out on the table, I might have not been like, this sounds great. Right. But I mean, I wouldn't trade it now. But certainly I think it's um, not everybody has the capacity to be as willing to just say, let's just ride the wave. And you got to jump off and maybe you've already been working on the parachute, but man, you don't know if it opens. You don't know if you have the right parts to make it open. I mean, that, that's going to happen. And uh, you better be prepared for that moment where uh, you've got to jump. Yeah, agreed, agreed. We, we, we start small, fail fast, and we, we make it up as we go a lot. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's okay. That's all right. That's part of it. Uh, but, but getting that, that is great advice, that, that, that it's like you said, to, to give to somebody in that, in that position. I love Lisa, it. Lisa, anything else? No, I mean, for me, I think that um, you've kind of, you kind of wrapped it up and tied it in a bow for us. I think we covered that in a little bit more. Um, tell us, I will say one thing, um, unless you have some some sort of notes. Sometimes Jay will like pull out some random notes or something. I'm like, where did he get that? Tell us one fun fact about you, Matt, that people might not know. Oh, I've, I've done this a few times. Not that I, people ever listen anyway, but... Um, you never know. This no, might, no. Like, go uh, okay, uh, this is a, a fun fact. I uh, got my degree uh, at the University of Missouri in civil engineering, um, which is not a fun fact, but, uh, but I had, um, for a while, I was getting a minor in theater. So very, very oh, odd I connection. Say, that's an interesting combination. Um, and so I actually was uh, on stage at uh, Rheinsberger, and I, I was in a couple plays uh, as an actor. Mostly what I focused on was um, behind the scenes doing uh, scene construction and design. That was kind of where I was thinking the engineering side would actually fit together. Uh, but when you get involved in that community, they ask you to audition for stuff and um, you're a friendly face. So they cast you in it because they know you'll show up because you show up for everything else. And so, yeah, I was able to be in a couple plays and um, probably the the highlight of my acting career was uh, as high as it will ever get. In. <laughs> but it was still kind of fun and, and something very... Um, very odd for, uh, I'm sure I had to have been the only engineer that ever 
I tried to get a minor in theater as well. It's quite possible. You never know. There's always local directors who swing back through. I, I got roped into one a few years ago. So, mm. um, Oh, yeah. yeah maybe I'll uh, yeah. Yeah, dust off know. my old acting chops. That's right. <laughs> I mean, there, we do have a great uh, community theater. I mean, several here. And true. so, you know, I might just, and I, I do kind of chat with folks in that community, so I may have to yeah, throw your like, name hey, out you know, there. Or somebody like, that hey, there you go. You know, have you tried recruiting a It doesn't mean Irish accent. That's right. to try it. There you go. Well, thank you so much, Matt. Like I said, appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time today. And uh, we're excited to continue this this I Am Ready podcast so folks can get to know more about uh, folks who are kind of in and around the orbit of Ready. Well, it's been my pleasure. It's been so much fun. I, uh, I can't say enough about the organization. And it's so fun to do a podcast. I love uh, the podcast room. And I'm glad we're <laughs> putting it to good use. Right. Thanks, Bank of Missouri. We'll throw that in. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. We should say that every time. I know. Probably, I probably, probably add that in. Right. Right. So. <laughs> there'll, be an odd, there'll be like a little odd trailer on right. the right. other episodes. That's right. Like, Thank you, Bank of Missouri. <laughs> we'll be back for episode four uh, at some point. We're just rolling along here. So we'll be, we'll, we'll be back for episode four soon. And thank you so much. Yeah.